Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Yeah. Welcome to J.Ill, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, hey now, party people. <laughs> this is J.Ill, the podcast, and I'm here with my sister, friends. Excuse me, we've already been talking. We've already been talking. So, you know, I'm trying to gather my shit. I'm trying to gather myself here. I'm here with Aja Graydon Danzler. Hello. And Laia St. Clair. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. And we've already been talking, honey. We've already been here. We're talking today about healthcare, particularly for women. Man. Okay. Let me put it to you like this. I'm going to tell you a brief story. Okay. Years ago, my mother must have been, she was 20. No, she was 19. She was 19 years old and she had gone to a clinic around the way, like most of us, you know, if you live in the hood, you go to the clinic because that's, you know, one, what you can afford and two, because they're around, you know, they're in the neighborhood. So my mother goes to a clinic and she's having an exam done and she's wondering why her cycle is so random. They told her that she can't have children. She won't be able to have children and that she should have a hysterectomy because there's really no point. So, you know, she she sheds her tears and, you know, it's tough because she always wanted to be a mother and she decided to not do it. She was like, I'm, you know, she just, she just said she wasn't going to do it. At 24, she gave birth to me. Now, obviously, many years later, I have a very similar situation. My cycle disappeared when I turned 14. 
14. I got it when I was 14, but it disappeared when I was 15. I don't know. I'm, I'm a, I'm a whole unicorn. Sometimes I feel like I had prayed a prayer. I asked God to take away my cycle because it was too painful. Nobody could walk across the floor. It was very, very painful, very heavy flow. And I prayed. I asked God to take it away and bring it back when he was ready for me to have a child. Years go by. My cycle has disappeared. I'm 19 years old with no cycle at all. And my my friends were like, that's weird. Don't you think that's weird? Don't you think you should see about that? Well, I decided to go to Planned Parenthood and ask them, you know, what am I supposed to do? So they look and they're like, well, everything looks healthy, but, you know, if you don't have a cycle, then you're not ovulating. If you're not ovulating, you're not going to have children and you should get a hysterectomy. I decided not to. And at 38, I gave birth to my son. What I'm saying, if it's not clear enough, I do not trust the system when it comes to taking care of minority women. I'm very, very exceptionally cautious when it comes to going to clinics. I definitely know that everybody deserves to have health care. And clinics are, I think they haven't, I mean, I, what, what can I say? My mother and myself were both supposed to have, or quote unquote, supposed to have hysterectomies. Well, not for nothing, Jill. It's interesting in first talking about your mom, because I think that there was a period in time where doctors tried hard as hell. And, and I know that happened to you as well, but even more so in your mom's time, because I think I told you this, they tried to take my mom's ovaries. It's the same thing. Yeah. But, and that's something that I wonder we never go back on. And the women who actually did listen to their doctors and, oh, God. I mean, we have a very disturbing history in the world we live in, not just in America, but in the world we live in, in the history of the medical field. Come on. That when it comes to women's bodies and particularly Black women's bodies, that there is a, you know, ingrained disrespect. And really, it goes beyond disrespect. It's disregard as even being a human. You know, that we have been experimented on we have been, you know, tossed aside in many instances. I don't know that it is an outrageous thing to say that a Black woman has never received the proper care within this medical industry, that the care that she deserves or that mm-hmm. we deserve as a, as a group. There are obviously some instances where people have good doctors or people have good relationships with different doctors, but I just mean as a group, we're just not we're not considered at all. Even down to research, even to how we are researched and the things and the information that we know about Black women, we have to get to this point where we're even asking and, and studying Black women. Mm-hmm. That yeah, there's money, say, there's money the- approved for studies that are specifically about our health. And that's new, hey. right? It's fairly new. That is very new. Yeah, because I'm like, it, they just start to acknowledge that there are differences. Yeah, I mean, right. studies that are done that are not about exploitation. 
Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. Like, can yeah. we get a get goddamn cure to this damn fibroids? I just don't understand. I know, but I do know that it affects women of color more than anybody else. But it, it, here's an interesting fact. I was on Instagram and Tank from Tank and the Bangers, mm-hmm. she put up a really interesting graphic. She said that black patients, oh no, not black patients. It says approximately 80% of every person with a uterus will have fibroids. 80%. Every person with a uterus? Yep. It's just, on, so my question is, damn. Then my question is, why is it such a difference in women of color? Oh, because we we have, it affects us worse because we have other health concerns that are exacerbated by racism. Mm. And fibroids, from what I hear, can be exacerbated by things like stress, like diet. Sugar. And sugar. All things Mm -hmm. that are mainstays within Black women's diets, things that they have access to. Because Mm -hmm. obviously, if poverty is an issue, then having quality food is an issue. Mm Mm-hmm. And if poverty is an issue, mental health and stress is an issue. So, and not saying that all Black women are impoverished. We're just talking about, you know, doubling down on some of the issues that that affect, you know, us across the board. But if you think about it, even with Kamala Harris talking about that that's a, an issue that's really important to her. And that to, to make that a point in 80%, that's unbelievable. That's a public health crisis. Yeah. The people that are intended to carry on to the next generation are in crisis. Major crisis. Major crisis. <sighs> How hard it can be just to see a gynecologist in general. Yeah. To in make general. that appointment and they tell you, okay, it's February. You will see you in uh, June 17th. So in the meantime, in the lean time, you know, you're feeling a, a pain in your lower abdomen. You don't know what's going on. You don't know why your sex is painful. You don't know why mm. your your cycle is so heavy and it keeps coming back. You know, what do you do? You end up going to an emergency room. And mm. COVID America, Lord bless and you. And not to right. mention that people don't believe us when we say we're in pain. How about that? How about that? And the lash back for Serena Williams stating... She almost died. She's telling you yeah. something is wrong. And she's I telling don't... you something's wrong based on a pre-existing. Come on. Pre-existing condition. So it's not even like there's no record of this. It's not like these people don't have her medical records. Like that that's the part that is infuriating. Infuriating. And why why would we lie? Again, they say. Three to four times more likely to die from pregnancy, we are, than white women and childbirth. That's according to the American Heart Association. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why would anybody lie about pain? Well, they don't think we experience pain the same. They think we can take <laughs> more pain. Our skin I'm talking about the strong black woman, Jill? The strong black woman? <laughs> you know, we just used to squat out in the cotton fields and just give birth. You know, you know, take care of your kids, good. her kids, and my kids. Yes. Yes. Ma'am, listen. While I, I breastfeed your baby and mine and two. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. My first child was born in a hospital, but after after my first child, I, I shifted from hospital birthing to home birthing. And, you know, I actually got a lot of shit about that. 
What? Why? I did. I got a lot of pushback about that, saying that it wasn't safe, that it was backward, that it was, um, you know, that I should be in a hospital. I will never forget Tom Joyner totally Mm. came from my neck. Mm -mm. What you mean? Tell me, Twister. Please tell uh, me. I don't remember his exact words, but I came on his show to talk about home birthing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and he just kind of suggested that it was unsafe and outdated. And I, I kindly said, well, your grandma was probably born like that at home. And what he said? And your mama, too, probably. <laughs> what, what did this Omega South uh, Tuskegee graduate, what did he say to that? Um, you know, they just kind of laughed and giggled. But I felt that I was being made fun of and now you fast forward to now and this information comes out about black women in childbirth and home birthing and particularly with midwives or of color has become a much safer option for black women and to think that I was berated on public radio how many years ago was that I think it was like maybe 16 17 years ago but with your new, con- and I ain't gonna say new, because you always been a conscious individual. But but I would say, which very le- well read. It's funny to me because it just sounds like as black people sometimes we just don't know ourselves so well that we end up in this thing of like not knowing and then laughing when it comes from us in the first place and our history and our heritage. And you know, so I look at Tom and I'm like, wow, here you are, an informer, somewhat of an educator for some, and you're laughing at your history and your heritage and what you know to, that you're saying is correct is somebody else's and what they taught you. And it, it just sometimes black, I just, man, I love my people. I mean, but, and, and it's much respect to Tom Joyner. Come on. No, yeah, listen. it's not just him. It's all right. I'm just saying. But the point is, the point is that, yes, you're absolutely right. We, we forget what's ours so, yeah. so thoroughly. Yeah. That when we see it presented back to us, we think it's foreign. Right. And we make fun of it. Mm-hmm. I don't recognize exactly. that. Exactly so it's like that whole thing is it's kind of a mind blower. You know what I mean? But like I said, to, to think now down the road, 15, 16 years down the road, that now we're having a conversation. We're just having a conversation about how dangerous it is for a black woman to give birth in a hospital. Mm. 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 You know, mm. and to remember that I was treated like I was some backwater dummy. Oh, I know. They must be calling Erica Badu all kinds of names. For real, for real. When well, she honestly, it was a little bit. Let me just say this. Midwifery, and, and we don't have to stay on this subject, but midwifery at that time was kind of a thing that was mostly being done by white women who had the means because you had to pay out of pocket for it. Wow. OK. So by the time Erica started talking about this, well, you know, I was babies down the road by that mm-hmm. time. And I mean, she started talking about it publicly, mm-hmm. you know? And so at that time, amongst that particular group, people who will have wealth, entertainment industry, people would rather have a baby at home and could, they could afford it. But see, now you're talking about, we maybe know a little bit better, but it's still not accessible. So a choice that's even better for you is still not accessible. At the end of the day, the bottom line is that black women do not have healthy choices and when they do have healthy choices, it's not accessible to them. Let me ask you a question. Do you feel better about seeing a black gynecologist? Um, mm. Mm. I'm, I'm more on male and female. That's int- mm. Mm. Hmm. Maybe now because of my, my Maybe now I would make that choice. Yeah. But in the past, I always had 
really attentive gynecologist. Yes. Because I've had some really good white hippie women. And quote unquote (laughs) obstetricians, although I have never had an obstetrician. I've always had a midwife. Every midwife that ever gave birth to any of my children was a white woman. I had never had a black midwife. In fact, to this day, there's only one certified black midwife in the city of Philadelphia. What? I see a Muhammad. She's the only one. Okay. Okay. Ladies, ladies, ladies. That means that if you are a nurse, if you Ooh. assist births uh, in a hospital, there is there is a role for you. There is a role mm. for you. What I understood, I had a doula, and what I understood as uh, what a doula does is the doula takes specific care of the mother during, about to ask you. during okay. the birth. Yeah, and because everything and everybody else is very very focused on the child. And that's not a that's not a problem. But somebody has to take care of you. Somebody has to pay attention to the color of your skin that you may be losing blood and nobody's noticing. Yeah. Mm. You may be dehydrated and nobody's paying attention. You know, you you may be experiencing um, some pain that is not a part of the labor. Mm -hmm. So the doula takes care of the mother. And the midwife takes care of the child. Right. Oh, thank you, Jill, for clarifying mm-hmm. but, that. But I will say, if your midwife is worth her salt, she has an assistant. Yeah. Okay. And that assistant or multiple assistants. Yes. And those those women do oftentimes play those roles as well, play a very doula-like role as well. So There is a position for you, ladies, you nurses. Yeah. You, you are necessary and needed. I actually feel a lot better having a black gynecologist. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's... When did you start feeling that way? After I was told to have a hysterectomy. Right, 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 right. Exactly. Yeah, right, of course. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After then, mm-hmm. I was like, wait a minute. And, and then to... Well, really to hear from my mother, having somebody say the same thing to her around the same time. Yeah. Like, yeah. clearly, they were wrong. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, I definitely don't want a white male guy. No, I definitely oh, go yeah, a, no. Yeah, because no, the okay. white man was the That's one that told no. me to go off and have me a baby <laughs> by myself and just, yeah. And also, I was mm-hmm. going to say, too, to a lot of women who, even if you don't have children, I look now for midwives or to be my gyno because of... Right, I was going to say that. Yeah. For years in my early part of giving birth, my, my midwife gave me my quote-unquote well-woman visits. Yeah, because they have a different temperament. And I remember remember the first time I ever went to one, she looked at me and she said to me, she was like, huh, have you been sexually assaulted before? And I was like, yeah. I was like, how do you know that? And she was like, I can tell by the way your legs tend to always fall back together. She was like, you... Mm. Mm. And... From that moment on, I was like, oh, I want to, yeah, I want, I want a midwife. And so I, I yeah. Yeah. Because they're perfectly capable of doing it. But let me, let me throw this out here so that we understand like how. Oh systemic, yeah. With a ner- yeah. Can you give how, all the. No, how systemic this thing goes. Okay. Okay. In, I can only speak on the state of Pennsylvania. So at, at, at one point, and this was a while ago, so it, it may have changed, but I doubt it. So there was a time when I was using a certified nurse midwife which is basically a person who um, is also a registered nurse as well. 
Like that's yeah. the only difference. That's what I had. I'm sorry. And yes. what happened was she, in order for her to conduct business, she had to pay very high malpractice insurance. So in order to afford the malpractice insurance, she had to partner with a doctor. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, the only way you can partner with a doctor to share that expense is if you are a certified nurse. There mm-hmm. we go. Now, there are many expert lay midwives or midwives who are not nurses, but are certified midwives. So there's lay midwife and then there are certified midwives who've gone to school for midwifery and they have certification. Those women, if they're not able to partner with a doctor, the cost of operation is so high that it affects the quality of care because then they have to have more patients. So some of the reasons why a person would go to a midwife they can't even offer that because they have to have so many patients just to meet the expense yeah. of existing in business. And that's an, and a lot of really good midwives. We lost a lot of good midwives in Pennsylvania to that. Mm. Not being operating, just operating costs. I will say I do like that kind of age. I, I, to be honest, I, I did like the fact that my midwife was also a nurse uh, practitioner or whatever. As they should be. In, in my but I know, know it's extra experience. and it's more I'm just like, yeah I'm just but like, why was, why exactly do we honor that more why do we believe that that may you know how many shitty nurses there are in the world <laughs> you're right you're right but at least let a me doctor, slow walk. an actual doctor told y'all to have yeah. a hysterectomy a doctor yeah. Yeah. a person with the education so I'm sorry for me it's it's about knowledge experience and quality of care when you're pregnant, though, you're constantly thinking about what can go wrong, you know? Yeah. And yeah. You're, you're trying to cover all your bases. Right. So, God forbid, you have a midwife and the baby doesn't make it. Or the woman. The mother doesn't make it. But you know that midwives actually have a lower infant mortality rate? Yes, I do. And, right. and yeah. a, low, yes, and a I lower... Yes, So, it's just... I think we definitely have reason to be concerned when we're pregnant. Anything can go wrong. For sure. I think that most people are trying to cover their bases so they're going to the place where they think their bases are covered. But nonetheless, like you said, Mm -hmm. midwifery has a lower mortality rate. I I would say I was there too. So I'm not even going to front. Like when when I got pregnant for the first time, the first time I heard the word midwife, I was like, what's that? A doula. I was like, what? I was like, what's that? (laughs) What do I do with that? What what do they do? (laughs) But the first time that my midwife suggested home birth, I was like, huh? Mm -hmm. I just thought it was going to be really messy. And I was like, I I got enough going on, you know. Yeah, y'all got tarp on the bed. There were a couple of things that concerned me. One, I did not want to have a bowel movement while I was giving birth. So Asia did. And I I heard about these things. Did that happen? Yes, that happens. Yes, I was in labor for 36 hours. No, I'm talking about with the midwife. That's a long time. Okay. So I I got up and I went to the bathroom. Everybody was like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm going. I'm I'm not going to shit on this bathroom. I'm not. I'm not I am Jill Scott and I shit in a (laughs) toilet. Okay. Or in the bushes if necessary. But, you know, luckily that has not been uh, my route. I'm just saying that. That was really important to me that I was not going right. to do that. No, got it. No man. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I mean, you I know, that's something. Some things are just a fact of the act. 
You know yes, what I'm saying? You're giving birth. <laughs> you're giving birth. There's, so, there's a lot of concerns and worries, you know, about when, when you're pregnant. There's a lot of worries. So mm-hmm. I understand why people would want to see a doctor in a hospital. I'm just saying to to please look at all of your options. Yeah. Yeah. In whatever city you're in. Yeah. And well, we you, do need more midwives. I mean, and everyone is not I a like, good candidate I for like everything. I like a bedside manner. Yeah. Right. I do. I like a good that, bedside manner. bedside manner. manner is man. It matters. It matters. But I want to I wanna add that these women aren't just nice people who have good bedside manner. These of are women not. who are learned. They're learned. They're educated. They're trained. It say eight years, They know Asian. what to do. Huh? It, it said take eight years to become a certified uh, kind of nurse, the CNM. Four we'll years get of, to get. Yeah. I need yeah. you. We all need yeah. you. And, yeah. a, and nursing experience. And one year of nursing experience. So it's a lot. Yeah, it, it is a lot, but it's 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 a it's a treasure. It is. Yeah. You, you as a doula, as a midwife, you are a treasure to a lot of women. And it's so crazy to me how witchcraft has just really played a part. <laughs> wow. Witchcraft has played a real part in the absence of of health for folks, for people. If you know about herbs, you're a witch. We're going to kill you. If you know about giving birth, you're a witch. We're going to kill you. (laughs) Yep, that was Aya's point in the beginning. Like, you know, we we forget who we are. How about that? As black people. Jet asked me if Aunt Erica was a witch. I said, yes, she is. He said, well, is Nene a witch? I said, yes. He said, Mommy, are you a witch? I said, Yes. <laughs> was was Blue Babe a witch? Yes. Yes. Have you seen yes. Witches in Swick? I am Cher, bitch. I'm just joking. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> that used to be my, my mother's favorite. That was movie. my movie, girl. I have what? to watch that tonight. I love yeah. that. Movie. I haven't seen it in years, but it was my mother's either. favorite. She used to love that movie. Either. But yeah, yeah absolutely. They yeah. put such a negative connotation on the word or, or created a word to sound evil or or dark right. or in tow with the devil. No, right. no. This is just someone who understands the human body, understands herbs and nature. You know, mm-hmm. I need more of that and not less. Right. How else do you get because magic? Hi. Huh? So I said, how else do you get magic without wishes? Yeah. More conversation after the break. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Hold up. 
This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. I think we have kind of entered into a season where we're embracing, you know, holistic care more. Yeah. Herbs, crystals. diet, crystals, crystals. all of these, the oil, essential oils, all kinds mm-hmm. of different things to address our health. So that to keep us out of the system. And that goes into that old school fear that we all like, oh, well, black people hate going to the doctor. Black men definitely don't like going to the doctor. Take some tussing. Y'all know what I'm concerned about, though? I ain't gonna lie. I'm concerned what? about how women, and particularly black women, are being treated under these COVID conditions. Like when they go in with COVID, mm-hmm. without having nobody to, to advocate for you. And I always think about my mom. Nobody has advocates. When my mother was ill, different times she was sick, I was her advocate. My sister was her advocate. So it was like they knew. When they came on that floor, they knew who Susan Graydon was. They knew who her daughters were. They knew what to do and what not to do. And when things didn't get done, then it was like a storm. You feel me? So I do wonder how everyone really, but you know, I always particularly have a place in my heart for black women and our elders in these situations, whether they either have COVID or if they are just in hospitals alone because Mm -hmm. they can no longer have their advocates in and out with them under these conditions. I wonder about that and the quality of the care that they're getting. Don't wonder about it, Asia, because it it is, that is what it is. I just, I lost an aunt that way during COVID this year. Like to my, Mm -hmm. I swear, we still don't know how she's passed and she passed alone, even though she got like 20, 30 grandbabies. Like, Mm. I hate to say this to you, but whatever your fears, they They are are real. Yeah, they are real. And it's going to be a lot of people, I know, especially black women, but it's going to be a lot of people this year that we lost and we do not really know why. I remember when people in the the hood were dying from pneumonia. Nobody wanted to say it was HIV. Mm. Mm. That was a big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was mm-hmm. a big thing. Well, yeah. Well, the health care around those early victims of HIV and AIDS was horrible. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely horrible. I mean, just the the careless I want carelessness. 
Not not to say that they weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing because nobody knew and everybody was trying to figure it out, you know, but how biased people were because of HIV. Mm-hmm. How how biased the healthcare system was. How poorly a gay man came into a hospital. How disrespected. You're coming for help. Mm-hmm. You know? So where are the advocates for sick people? That is a business. That is a company. That is something. If you're out here and you're looking to, I, I'm going to tell you, don't look to make money. Look to do good. Money will show mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. What, what is the need? What do people need? We need advocates. We need to be able to call somewhere sometime and say, they're telling me that they want me to have a hysterectomy. Mm. And I'm scared. Or this is something clearly that is irreversible. Who do I talk to? My aunt talked me out of it. I mean, I I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't going to do it. Because those are my parts. And I was like, I just have to deal with my parts. Right. But my aunt was like, God told me you're going to have a healthy, fat, five baby boy. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, crazy. You know, <laughs> I remember thinking, oh, this crazy woman. But she knowing. Was, 10 years later, though. 10 years later. Yeah. She was like, she didn't say when. She just said you are. She just said you are. Yeah. My mother has never been wrong about the sex of a child ever. If a woman is pregnant, my mother will make you sit down, stand up, walk over there, go back down, go sit down, stand back up. And she has never been wrong in the mm-hmm. history of my life. She's all, yeah. oh, that's a boy. Oh, that's a girl. I mean, yeah. she's got a 50-50 chance, but she ain't been wrong once. Yeah. I like the witches. I'm for the witches. I'm down for the witches, too, because I feel like that's our biggest tool in the toolbox as it goes moving forward, because like, you know, we talked a lot about childbirth, but there's so many things that affect black women disproportionately that just put us at such risk, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's heart disease or it's diabetes or it's, you know, I don't know, high blood pressure, you know, all these different things that we're dealing with. It's, it's that, that, that sisterhood, that motherhood, that yeah. group of, of women that we're, we are exchanging information. I ain't going to lie to you. I've gotten most of my information about my health and wellness through the network of women in my life, mm-hmm. through the mm-hmm. network of black women in my life. I, call, I will call them before I call my doctor. Hey, girl, like, my side is hurting right up underneath my left titty. Like, has that ever happened to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, girl, that ain't nothing, girl. You go get down in the baby pose or whatever. What's that thing that, y'all, that you do? Get down in the baby pose, put your chest, you know, put your knees to your chest or something like that. Girl, that's gas or that's this. Your woman friends will tell you, girl, uh-uh, go to the doctor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'm like, well, I'm taking supplement. Mm, go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, to me, I I feel like we're out here fighting this fight together, trying to say, keep each other healthy, keep each other alive. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's always more work to do. There's um, always more room. We need more. We need more. We need more attention, more research. We need more black doctors. We meet, need more black midwives. We need more respect for the witches. Yes. They need yeah. more respect within yes. the healthcare industry. 
Yeah, yes. what about the double witches, right? Like the ones that are in the healthcare industry doing double time. That now that's part. who I like. Dr. Yeah. Frederick and, Burton in Philadelphia is uh, uh guess a, a what you call him, a warlock. <laughs> he's, yes. a, he is, he's an MD. He's an MD, a medicine man. Um, he's an MD, but he also um, is heavily <laughs> a wicked. He's heavily into herbs and holistic ways of, of taking care of yourself. Now, you're going to take a lot of vitamins, mm. but apparently this is what the body needs. We need a lot of nutrients and healthy, alive foods. Now, you might be saying, hey, Jill, you know, ain't you overweight? Yes, darling. But I'm working. I'm working towards it, uh, towards being more and more healthy. I would like to live as long as my grandmother, if not past that. And even in that, my, (laughs) I don't want to suffer. I'm about to say, and to live well, not live just well. live and like, don't yeah. want to well. And mm-hmm. what I'm learning as I grow, what I'm learning is this. We were talking a little earlier about a neuromuscular re-educator. I've mm. had three of them in my life. They're not exactly, mostly it's, you know, word of mouth, how you find one. Mm-hmm. But they are people who, yes, they're masseuse. That is a necessary thing. I don't I don't want you to say, oh, that's a luxury. No, moving the fluid around in the body is a necessary thing. Moving the tendons, paying attention to your your muscles is very, very important. Fluid and mucus are a big problem in the human body. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We ain't supposed to be eating that dag on milk anyway. Y'all know we not. We don't tolerate that stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or or meat for that matter. That part. Yeah, that part. I'm going to go back to Dr. Burton again, uh, Frederick Burton in Philadelphia. When he takes your blood, having a holistic doctor is really the goal, in my opinion. Mm. This is this is what I do know. When they take blood at a regular doctor's office, they take blood and they're looking for specific things. This kind of doctor, a holistic doctor, looks at everything. Gag. My mother was bitten in the face by a dog when she was six years old. She went to see a holistic doctor in Philadelphia. It was years ago. She must have been in her early 50s. She still had rabies. Gag. Gag. The medicines are to suppress, not to heal. Well, yeah, that I do not not. to redirect. They are to suppress. Right. So all these doctors are trained to in her stomach and all of that other stuff. Uh But he he asked her, uh, have you ever been bitten by a dog? She said, yeah, when I was a child, she was still carrying rabies, which means that she also had rabies when she was carrying me. So how does that affect you? I don't know. Let's get me mad enough. We'll see. Oh, shit. <laughs> it might be a very small trace, but the point is it's still there. That's the point. There. The point is it's still there. I mm-hmm. had to deal with anger very, very early. Very early. Because oh, I was going That's... to jail. Because I'll call you Cujo. I was going to jail. Don't call her Cujo. See, this is why I have to go. Do not call her Cujo. Call me Cujo if you want to. I'm okay. I'm all right. So I know that this time has been really hard for us with COVID and separating ourselves and all of it. It is super important to pay attention to your health 
just cause. And as a woman, you have to pay so much attention to how your body is moving and flowing, how that cycle is. Mm-hmm. Uh, write it down. Mm-hmm. Pay attention to your body. If you have a if you have a smell or an itch or anything that is not normal to you, do not yeah. ignore it. If you have a pain in your in your abdomen, if you have a pain anywhere, don't ignore yourself. Your body is trying to communicate with you, and it's super important because it it doesn't seem like the rest of this world is paying attention to mm. us. No. Mm. Talk to your mother, talk to your grandmother, talk to an elder woman who's experienced, you know, her body for a long time and pay attention. Read up on some vitamins. Try it. Maybe you are a, a apple cider vinegar person, <laughs> you know, and help with that blood flow. You know, give it a shot. Maybe sea moss works for you. Maybe it'll clear up your skin. Yeah. Maybe maybe it is okay. colloidal silver for you. Try some alkaline but, water. I'm going to tell you that. Try, hey, hey, here we go. Listen, listen. Give it <laughs> all a shot. <laughs> Give it a shot. Yeah. Find people that you can trust. And if it doesn't feel right, go to somebody else and keep on trying. You might have to travel a little bit further. And I know that's a pain in the ass. But I don't trust the clinics. I would like to... And now it's getting worse because, you know, you have, you know, uh, urgent, urgent cares, cares. which, yes. I, you know. Big business. Okay. Big let me business. Tell you, let me tell you about urgent care. Okay. okay. Here she come. Come okay. on. Here, here she, we go. Listen to this shit here. <laughs> Y'all, I was itching. Could not figure it out. I said, oh, this must be a yeast infection. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I, I go and get the stuff from the store and I, I do what I'm supposed to do. I eat the yogurt. I drink the cranberry Thank juice. you for saying the yogurt because it doesn't make a difference. Okay. <laughs> right. But it's, it's not. Okay. It's not. I don't You're know like- what's going on. And if you've ever had an itch that just really, really itches, you will scratch the skin off of yourself if oh, you yeah. can. You will make them draw the thong, honey. Yeah. What? It will be a I'm thing. <laughs> Listen, come on now. We talking. Let's talk. So I go to thong, urgent baby. care because mm-hmm. I can't stop itching. I don't understand what's mm-hmm. going on. And they tell me the lady looks and she says, you have herpes. I said, the <gasps> Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> what do you mean? Who waits to be this old and mm. this grown to get herpes? What are you talking about? She was like, well, you know, that's what it looks like to me. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. I believe what she said. I got the little blue pills and I took them. I took them for over six, eight months. Mental Damn. Mental trauma. Yes, because that's trauma, the life. Yeah. Distress. This is something that will never go away. Yeah. The fuck? I finally find a black gynecologist where I was. At first, I could not find, could not find, and went went to see her, checked me out. I told her that I had herpes. She was like, okay, do you need another prescription for the blue pills? Because they're supposed to take the symptoms or whatever away. I'm just inside going crazy, but trying to still exist. What do you do? You have to keep moving on. Anyway, I, I come back. I got the same itch. I said, oh. You know, uh, I think I'm having an outbreak. What do I know? She says, this this don't look like herpes. I said, well, the lady, you know, when I went to see the other doctors, they said that's what I had. And she was like, let me take blood. Oh, that part. Let me take blood. Yeah. So she takes (laughs) my blood and she said, "Uh, uh, girl, you don't you don't have herpes. 
I said, what? <laughs> what do I have? I have candida. Oh, which is kind of like a yeast, yeast infection. Yeah, to the third right. power. Right. Severe right. yeast infection. But mind you, I took those pills. Ew, mm. you already put that in your body. Ew, that's that. Right, Ooh, that I've bitch. been taking those pills every Girl, day. Listen. Trying to be responsible. All right. So that 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 is big enough. Time passes. My mother wakes up and she's got a sore on her lip. She goes to urgent care because it hurts. It's painful. It's ugly. Mm-hmm. She's like, what is this? They tell her she has herpes. Yes. They give her the blue pills. Mm. She takes the blue pill. She's telling me all about it. I said, Mom, I think you need to go see your doctor. Guess what it was, ladies? What? A spider mite. So, lesson I just there, want, people. I, I have a friend who, when while shit happened, she always say, fire burn. Do you understand me? <laughs> so, because And what she means by fire burn is, I'm finna set all this shit ablaze. Do you understand me? All of this is going up in smoke. You understand what I'm saying? Girl, the fact that that building is not in ash... No, it's it's blessed up, but can we just also admit that and I'm you know, not, the, I'm the not last time I any... don't even remember who I saw at the clinic. Lord. I don't know who it was at the urgent care. But y'all know how this is way down the line now that you don't know the other lesson is. The other lesson is don't ever let nobody look at you and tell you got herpes. Take blood. Take blood. Don't ever let nobody know. I didn't know no better. No, I get it now. I'm just saying, but they did that to both of y'all. Do like, don't I just look at me and tell me I got herpes. Uh, can, it, mm-hmm. I think it looking like Take a... Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to tell y'all this much, and I'm not playing around. <laughs> Listen, play play <laughs> with me. Play with a blue pill. Ash. Ash. <gasps> do you hear me? Fire. Fire burning. Ash. More fire. More fire. Ash. <laughs> get a Ash. second opinion. Go see somebody else. That's true. Maybe the clinic is good for the moment. The urgent care is good for the moment so that you can feel, I don't know, some kind of peace of mind or at least some understanding of what's going on. Mm-hmm. But do not take that. Do not take that as the word, as the final word. Yeah. You must see the another doctor. Follow up. The, the key is Please follow up. The key is follow up. Research. Up. Yeah. Follow yeah. up. Research. Don't take, you know, it's like she said, second opinion. You know, take your health seriously. That that's the bottom line. Take yeah. your health seriously. Be your own advocate. Make sure that you are looking into things. You know, we we are all socialized to believe doctors. This is is no shame in it. We all have done it at some point. Taking a doctor's it's a practice. Word. It's a practice. Medicine right. is a practice. Yes. Wow. Say it okay. again. Medicine is a a practice. practice. They are practicing mm-hmm. medicine. Right. right. Well, I would say be careful practicing on me because. <laughs> fire, fire, burn. Fire, 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 fire! You hear me? Burn fire, burn fire! You hear me? Mm-hmm. Long as we're clear. That, that is, uh, long as we're clear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I miss y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I missed you too. I did. I went to the clinic once and asked them for some birth control pills. She asked me how old I was. I was like thirty-two. She was like, "I think you should take some prenatal pills." I'm just adding to you for you, Jill. Just clear for <laughs> that you was the first and the last faces. time. You should see our faces. <laughs> you 
She was like, you black? You ain't got no kids? Bitch, what's wrong with you? Right. Right. Whew. Right. Mm. Who says that? Yo. Who in the, the clinic field come out of there? Yes. Oh, I gosh. Understand. I have to have a silly moment. Dear God. Mm. <laughs> Dear God, please don't let me come across no doctors, no nurses, no health professionals in which that will tell me that I have things that I don't suggest things that they shouldn't suggest say things to me that they know are sensitive and wrong mm. be racist and believe that I have no pain please God give me the strength to advocate for myself Lord please God let these people understand I'm not to be played with <laughs> and that if I have to turn into the person that I don't want to turn into many will suffer mm. but Lord I'm a peaceful person Mm. And much like my homegirl, Kuja, I don't want to go to jail. <laughs> I thank you for your love and support. Amen. Amen. More conversation after the break. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Coming up next on the show, what's on your heart? 
an occasional segment where we check in with people we respect about how they're really feeling. Hold on, y'all. I think there's somebody calling. That must mean it's time for What's on Your Heart. Hello? Hi. Hi. Who is this? It's Michelle Buteau, your sister wife. My sister wife from the show First Wives Club on BET Somebody Plus. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) BET Plus size. BET Plus size. (laughs) It is such a pleasure to get this phone call. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a comedian. She is an actress. She is a mother of two. And she is an author as well. Uh, Miss Thing has been working all over this place. She surprises me all the time with how much and what a work ethic that she has. I'm I'm always impressed. God darn, baby, are you tired? Yeah, you know, I really haven't slept in six years anyway, so this is just fun. <laughs> Hi, boo. Hi, Hi honey. Everyone. Listen, we have one question for you. Mm-hmm. What's on your heart? Oh, my goodness. Well, now that I've taken my husband's dick off my heart, this is what's on my heart. <laughs> yes. Why would you take your husband's dick off your heart? Because I need a minute to breathe. <laughs> well, you know how, like, you have sex with someone that's so good, it really feels like they just put their dick on your heart. Bless them. Bless them every so, time. Yeah, bless up, bless up. Yeah. But now that my twins are turning two and we are going back to set for season two, the number two feels like it's important, right? And so a thing that happens when you work with a whole new crew is you show them pictures of your kids, And they're like, oh, what kind of pregnancy was it? And since I had a surrogate, I'm like, expensive. And so I'm learning that I have to retell this whole story again of this really painful, traumatic time in my life that was so high stressful, but like in a short elevator conversation to keep it moving. So the only way I can really do that is being over the mountain of, okay, I'm so comfortable talking about this painful experience because the kids are here. And even getting into IVF and the surrogacy of it all, and people don't know anything about their bodies until something goes wrong with it, much like their car. So this is what's on my heart and my mind. Basically, us just making ourselves aware that very normal things to us can happen in a very different way, like IVF and getting pregnant and having a beautiful walking angel on earth facilitate your kids for you. Oof, did I answer the question? So much, so much to put and nowhere to put it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But you have put it. You put it in your book. I did. Why did I write a book? I can't even finish a book. That's just wild. So <laughs> my book is called Survival of the Thickest. Of plus the size thickest. essays In a small-minded world. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I realized doing stand-up for 18 years, I know how to be funny and I, I know how to tickle people. But now that you have this platform and people's attention, how do we just get back to kindness mm-hmm. and, and making people feel good, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I was podcasting, you know, doing other podcasts and storytelling and doing all these stories that didn't fit into a stand-up routine. And then people, it really resonated with them. It, you know, it was the cancer survivor at 23 that had to freeze her eggs and then go down the surrogacy route. It was the gay couple in Europe that's like, we need a surrogate. I understand your journey. It, it was like the thick girls who their parents are telling them, if you just lost weight, maybe you'd be able to get pregnant. It's like everybody's coming at you like they're Dr. Phil and Dr. Oz. And it's like, but 
how do you take care of yourself and still stick up for yourself? So after talking about it on stage a little bit, I'm like, oh, okay, we can, we can write this down and, and share your stories. And um, then it just turned into like, well, shit, how did I come to owning my sexuality? You know, because I grew up so Catholic. My uncle's the Archbishop of Jamaica. Ooh. So it was always church all the time. And it was straightening my hair and covering my freckles and don't talk too loud, don't laugh so loud, don't stick your chest out. If someone looked in my direction, it was my fault. Cover your shoulders in church. It was like all these rules. And I'm like, but how do I color outside the lines? Because that's what I feel like I need to do. Going down the memory lane of how I came to owning my sexuality, I felt like was important for young people who feel like they always have to apologize for wanting what they want. So at the end of it, I really hope people obviously laugh because it will be funny. But my whole thing is education through love. I'm not going to judge you for not knowing. Just like I don't want you to judge me for not knowing what you've been through. But can we just talk about it like it's a big, can the world just be a big ass dinner party where people are just like, you know what? Something similar happened to me. You know what? That is so crazy. Me too. Because mm-hmm. we definitely have more in common than not. Mm-hmm. So you got twins? Yes. Yeah. I got some twins too. I know you haven't slept in a long time, ma'am. Oh, how old are your twins? They're going to be 13 in a couple of days. Wow. Congratulations. Yes. And you're still smiling? In this moment, I'm sorry. You know, Michelle just said earlier that how you got to tell your story real quick. As Asia is telling you about her twins, I'm thinking in my mind, when is Asia going to tell her that she got four more to add to these two? And that ain't oh, nothing. Lord. Having twins is something. But wow. Four more. <laughs> it's all relative, I think. I think I think if you experience a child, I, I, I just say it's, it's all the same struggle, to be honest. I mean, having six kids has a specific okay. kind of struggle. But I think all mothering has the same shit, if you really ask. Yeah, I really think it's all. But if you get two infants at once, there are just some conversations you just can't have unless you had two infants at one time. Yes. Um. I'm I'm really trying to, you know, not act like it like I'm special. But when my friends complain about the one, I'm like, you can you can go. You can leave the room like. When right. that one's sleeping, there's a whole other one. So, hmm. you know, after the first year, I was like, when does it stop feeling like I'm just working in a factory? You know that scene in I Love Lucy where she's like the chocolate's coming off the conveyor belt? She's like, yeah. Ah! Mm-hmm. But now that their personalities are coming out, but like when they start talking, because they can't say words, but they have whole ass opinions. I'm like, how? How? Is it what you want to? And mm. Michelle's, you know, she's going to share this. I'm wa- yeah, I can't she's, wait. She's going cause... to share this. And she's been sharing this. And again, she has a book out, The Survival of the Thickest. Yes, of the I love thickest. that title is everything. Yeah, Mary Thickness. Yeah. We're very similar in, in one, well, lots of ways. But one in particular, I didn't think that I could have children. And I, I resigned myself to that. I was like, okay, I can't have kids. I'll just, you know, try to date somebody with kids. So I get a chance to... To mother. And I was at peace with that. And then mm. surprise, surprise, I got pregnant. Michelle worked on pregnancy for quite a long time, about mm-hmm. five years of IVF. That's mm-hmm. right. Uh, mm-hmm. Intravenous fertility. Is Intro, that? Intro vitro. Vitro. Uh, 
Yeah. Okay. In vitro fertilization. In vitro. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Five years. Five whole years. And this is when I learned that healthcare is truly misogynistic and that when you're a woman, it feels like you were born with a pre-existing condition already because you're a female. Because God forbid that you get pregnant and you don't want it. God forbid that you're of a certain age and you can't get pregnant. Everything feels like you're being punished. And so we had to pay out of pocket. And, you know, my husband's a photographer. I'm a comedian. We're not rich. We're just trying to use our money wisely. And so we would just drop 10K here, 10K there on um, hormones. You know, you have to pump yourself up like a Purdue chicken to uh, sort of make sure that your body has to feel like it's pregnant before you get pregnant. And, you know, you think about it like, you know, you get one egg every month when you get your period and you feel bloated. Mm -hmm. One month, I think I collected 18 eggs. Ooh. So picture 18 eggs instead of the one. It felt like I was three months pregnant, but with no baby and all the emotions of all the stuff that comes with being pregnant. So because I'm Jamaican and Haitian, because my family is so big, I was like, oh man, this will be nothing, you know? And then there was like that shame in the Caribbean community of what did you do wrong that you need this help? And basically I need the help because I have a benign brain tumor on my pituitary and it's called prolactinoma. It's not common, but it's not not common. Sometimes it goes away. Sometimes you need surgery. Sometimes you can just take medication like me and monitor it and get annual MRIs and stuff. And so, yeah, all that stuff. It's like the blaming of it all is just the victim blaming of it all is just gross and it's exhausting, quite frankly. So that was a part of it. Then actually going through the actual IVF part of it, going to the doctor three times a week, spreading for a sonogram or pap smear, getting your blood drawn, like the emotional and physical toll it takes is not something that I could even explain in two sentences or less. Three times a week? Uh, how old were you when you started? Um, three times a week you have to go because they want to make sure you're not going to be octo mom. And I think I started around um, 30 something, maybe 35. Every maybe 30- time? You you have to have every a time. pap smear? Yes, every time. Three times and you a week. were already considered a, um, what do they call it? High risk. A ger- a, yeah. Uh, no, yeah. Ger- geriatric. A, geriatric. Yeah. Yes. And so. At 33? Um, At 35. At 35, 35 you were geriatric? You were geriatric. Wow. Pregnancy. Yeah. So. Wow. Was there anything that you were doing or that was suggested to you about how you could support yourself emotionally during that time? Did you go to therapy? Did you. Like, what were some of the things that were you like? Well, that's the thing. Like, you know, old school Caribbean people are like therapy. Right. What's that? And so, no, I didn't go to therapy because I was already paying out of pocket for this other treatment. Mm. And so I try to do like the honor system holistic situation. The stuff I could afford, like Reiki and acupuncture and, you know, sliding scale type situations. Got it. And if even felt weird not having anyone to talk to about it because, you know, my friends who had kids didn't have, it happened naturally. And my other crew, they don't want kids or they're not ready for it. And so I was, I felt like I was stuck in this limbo where I had no one to talk to. And I'm just like, how do I have all these amazing people in my life? Yeah. I cannot talk to anybody about this. How am I a truth teller on stage, but I can't even talk about it to people because nobody wants to hear what's going on with a woman's body. At all, unless she's sucking a dick. That's what people want to hear on stage. So 
it was a wild ride, you know? I'm not going to pretend that it was easy. It was not. I think the first month of doing IVF, my husband left crumbs on a kitchen counter and I started to cry and I told him I wanted a divorce. He was like, I think this might be the hormones. I was like, oh, I think you're right. Like, <laughs> you forget because you're just so used to getting up and going as a woman. Put on, you know, your pretty face because nobody wants to hear your shit. So it was, it was a full-on thing. But then I started really, probably three years in. Three years? Four, four miscarriages altogether in the five years. But then I started booking stuff movie roles and comedy gigs because nothing was precious anymore. I'm like, I really don't care what people think. You know, if you're going to ask me my opinion, I'm going to tell you. And I was never really like that before. And I was playing a pregnant person in a movie and always be my maybe on Netflix. And that was a mind fuck because I had to put on a belly. And this <sighs> was at the time where I had just sort of given up and said, okay, God, you do whatever you need to do. And then we decided to go down the surrogacy route. So I'm in Vancouver with a pregnant belly as my surrogate is sort of pass, trying to pass tests and get prepared for her journey with us. And then I got the audition for First Wives Club in Vancouver. And, you know, I had been cheated on. My first two relationships I've been cheated on. So I was like, okay, this is a woman who's been cheated on and she's tired and overwhelmed and she's married. I'm like, okay. These are all things I can get behind. And um, I did all the funny things I was supposed to do. Yep. And at the end, I just stopped. And a lot of my auditions ended that way, whether it was on tape or in the bathroom. Just a lot of crying. It's a lot Jill's of seen some of it. Yeah. Out of the clear blue sky, after that very, very long wedding scene that we did, your yeah. surrogate was very close to giving birth. And we are in upstate New York shooting in frigid weather. and uh, A June wedding in November. Yeah. And you had a moment. I had a moment. She sent me a picture of her belly. And it was the first time I saw her belly pop. Mm. And that was the moment where I was like, oh, my goodness, they are, are really here. It's not just an idea or a doctor's appointment or a piece of paper. And so I just sobbed. And I really could have just fell to my knees. But you and Ryan held me up and prayed over me in such a way that um, you're amazing. I didn't know I needed. You're amazing. Your level of love and tenacity is just out of control, sis. I'm so happy for you and your husband. I'm so happy that you have these beautiful babies and you went yeah. through so much so, so very much. And that's yeah. the thing. That is the thing with us being women. There's all kinds, there's a universe inside of us. And some planets are clashing. <laughs> and you still have to maintain the one that you're on. Yeah. And that is the power of woman. I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy for you. Every blessing, every possible joy. And the babies are beautiful. She's got a boy and a girl. Oh, Jackpot. gosh. Yes. Come on, fraternal twins. Yes. I need a drink. I was not Girl, ready. I need a cocktail, <laughs> too, because I did well, though. The girls will tell you. I will cry, ball cry at the drop of a dime. So I did very well. 
just in this moment. But I'm so proud of you. I don't even, you know, we just met. But that's amazing. I mean, I have to really co-sign Jill in that. That's 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 amazing. And your children will always know that they were meant to be here and what was done and how much work and emotional and physical work went into getting them into the world. So I may not see you or talk to you. Maybe I may not see you or talk to you again, but girl, let me give you a happy Mother's Day from here until eternity. Thank you. <laughs> Somebody clap your hands. Yes. Yes, indeedy. I Thank love you. it. We do so much. Yeah. We do so much. Hmm. And she still is funny as fuck on a daily basis with the camera on or off. Laia, you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm just... I was already... <clears throat> the interesting part about it all is that we all end up... If you've got four women on this line right now, one could not have children and believed it, and surprisingly enough, God gave me a baby, didn't expect it, did not see it coming, Gave up, Aja, married, had six children, including twins, Michelle and her wonderful husband. They struggled for it and worked for it. And Laia is a young woman. Shit. Huh. And you are young. That ain't what the doctors say. I'm, I'm yeah, the same age as Michelle. And <laughs> hey. I'm going to tell y'all, it's just... it's. You know, everybody, like Michelle said, everybody has a story and we all relate. And I, you know, Michelle, I remember when your book came out and I watched your press junkets. And of course, like as a woman of a certain age, you know, I always wanted to have a family. That was for me. That's when I knew I was going to be truly to me. Said the word successful meant, meant that for me. And um, some women, it's just different stories, you know. So it's also this tribe of women and I, it's this tribe goes larger and larger of um, of single women of a certain age who it just didn't have the opportunity, whether it be a physical thing, fibroids or other things, you know, uh, fibroids, or, or also just the idea that you wanted a family. But you realize that somebody got to ask you, like um, you want a husband, a man got to ask you for that. You know, it, mm. it's, uh, it's interesting. I would have never thought at this age that I would not have had a man to say to me, let's start a family. That's not to say that I haven't been pregnant. I've been pregnant before. I was pregnant twice in my teenage years. Once when I was 30 with a man that I knew was not going to be that person. So it's just interesting because here I am at this age and I contemplate, you know, as we're going through COVID and stuff like, you know, I have moments of like, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I don't have to be a teacher right now. Cause man, I see all my friends, you know, struggling with teaching their kids and stuff, but there are also moments of like, Oh, is it going to happen? Do I want? I always wanted to use my body for the things that I thought that I was made to use it for, and not to say. And even when it comes to surrogacy, even being open to that, but again, wanting to have a family. You know, I think it's a blessing yeah. that you have a husband that went through that ride with you. And so, you know, a lot of us women are getting to a point where either you have men in your life that already have kids, or maybe they mm. just. They like the life that you can live as, you know, being single people. So it's just, it's, it's interesting. And I'm sorry, because I told, I said to Michelle at Asia, I was PMSing. So I already knew this conversation was going to be emotional because I know your story. So I apologize. And it's your story. And dude, Don't ever apologize for taking up the space that you earned. This is painful as fuck. Mm-hmm. And if it's like, if we can't talk to each other, then who are we going to talk to? 
nobody said it would be yeah. this hard. You see people who, you know, meet the, I just, I just didn't know. I just, it's so crazy. I mean, I think one of the hurdles I had to overcome without even knowing was not blaming myself. Because mm-hmm. I've had a couple of abortions too. And I'm like, is this God punishing me? I, I, and I really had to pray on that and let that go. Yeah. That was really hard. And that was something I couldn't even say out loud to people. I never even thought it. It's funny because for the longest time throughout my life, I always thought, you know, especially when it happened in being a teenager, I was like, well, Laia, that was not your life. Like it was destined to be other yeah. things. But I will say from going, never having that thought to now at this yeah. age, I do have those thoughts of like, well, shit, was yeah. that my chance? And I just didn't. Yeah. But then I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be sitting here. I would, you know, it's just, I wouldn't know y'all. Yeah, yeah I can't. Well, I I will have to say that 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 guilt is a whole lie. Yeah. I had an abortion, too, and I thought the same thing. I, I didn't think I would ever have kids. I, and I was very deep in the church at that time. So at that time, I was thinking, oh, well, God's going to punish me. I'm not going to have another. I'm not going to have a baby. So if you ever think that again, know that that's a lie because yeah. I'm proof that that's a lie. Right. So oh, I apologize. I really was going to. No, don't apologize. Don't apologize. Don't Don't apologize. Yeah. Don't apologize. You know, you could always call me and talk to me if you have any questions about IVF or IUI or even adoption, because we tried to fully adopt for about three years. And that that wasn't even we tried to adopt from uh, third world countries. And that was really hard and expensive, just the application process. And then it always came down to which they don't tell you, oh, if you're still trying to have your own baby, then you can't adopt here. And it's like, how many times can we be rejected? Hmm. So what I'm saying to you is once you feel comfortable to talk about options Mm -hmm. and, you know, realistically, like emotionally, what you can handle or not handle, I'm here to talk about it with you if you'd like to. Thank you. I appreciate that. Shoot, I remember, well, yeah. <laughs> I think I told the girls before I had a doctor tell me, I was, he was like, you know, you can do this by yourself. And I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to tell, tell you this right now. Even if you have a man, you're still doing shit by yourself. Right. I know that too. So that's why you uh, really, really. What the, oh, uh, yeah, that part. So look, I know Jill. Look, uh, uh, <laughs> and aged. Mm, okay. Uh, uh. Right. Yeah. See these decisions. He's looking at faces right now. Yes. And I know my girl's stories. Uh, thank you, Michelle. Yeah, I got you. It's hard being I a love girl. You. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you guys. I love you. I love you, ladies. Thank you so much for sharing, Michelle. Thank you so much for opening this door because these are you know, we look at this kind of stuff. We look at it like other people's problems. You know, we look at it like rich white lady problems. Right. <laughs> you know, we don't. Yes. We we have this idea that black women are automatically fertile. We mm-hmm. bid yeah. into the lie. And you know, and you know what that is, right? Mm-hmm. Why we think black women are always fertile. Go on and say it. White <laughs> supremacy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
that's a leftover lie from the slave trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's what that mess is. I, I just felt like I needed to remind us all where the bullshit come from. Mm-hmm. Then they landed fibroids on us. Go, my, my bad, Jill. Go on right ahead. Sorry, Jill. Yeah. No, I, I, that's, that's enough for me. <laughs> that's enough for me. If you are going through it, you know, going through this infertility moment. If you're if you're a woman that has a lot of children, you can't stop being fertile. Damn. Whatever that it is, know that it whew, it affects it. It all affects. We are not pieces of stone. We are human beings, and our life experiences matter, and our ovaries <laughs> they fucking matter. Mm-hmm. Our connection with the universe, it all matters. Mm-hmm. And to think anything else, I know that sounds like, oh, some old poetry shit. It's not. We are more connected than we think. And I really appreciate you calling and talking to us today, Michelle Buteau. Thank you. You're the illish. You're a fucking hero. This was fun, but it was also needed. Yeah. And I didn't even know because even seeing people now, you can't really connect because we all have a mask on. And then we have a mask on top of that mask. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this is the real. Mm-hmm. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. What's up, everyone? I'm Eve, the producer on the show. So April 11th to the 17th is Black Maternal Health Week in the U.S. But know that no matter when you're listening to this, the health of Black women is something that we should be discussing, supporting, and nurturing. Go to BlackMamasMatter.org to learn more about Black Maternal Health Week and to find resources about healthcare for Black women and girls. There are many other organizations out there that advocate for health care for women and girls and that help people navigate issues related to reproductive health and fertility. Those organizations include the Sister Girl Foundation, the Broken Brown Egg, the Black Women's Health Imperative, and Sister Song. You can also find a Black doula or learn more about becoming a doula through the National Black Doulas Association at blackdoulas.org. Oh, and Jill recommends the Burton Wellness Injury Center if you're in Philadelphia. And buy Michelle Buteau's book, Survival of the Thickest. As always, I'll drop links in the episode description. This important conversation around Black maternal health deserves more airtime. So join us and our media partner, Blavity, for a free live virtual after show on Saturday, April 17th. Visit at Jill Scott Pod on Twitter and at Jill Scott Podcast on Instagram and Facebook for registration details and tag us with your questions and comments. If you have comments on something we said in this episode, call 866-HEY-JILL. If you want to add to this conversation, that's 866-439-5455. Don't forget to tell us your name and the episode you're referring to. You might just hear your message on a future episode. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
This podcast is hosted by Jill Scott, Laia St. Clair, and Aja Graydon-Dantzler. Its executive producers are Jill Scott, Sean G., and Brian Calhoun. It's produced by Laia St. Clair and me, Eve Jeffcoat. The editing and sound design for this episode were done by Christina Loringer. CMOS, honestly, that's another thing. It's like, I don't have time for a smoothie. I just take my little spoon, mm-hmm. dip it in that joker, and take it down. Like, I, I ain't got time. I, I ain't got time. Because I just have a high threshold for nasty stuff. I just get it over with. Say it again, boo. Loud and proud. I have a high threshold for nasty stuff. <laughs> you know I like the way you talk. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get close to them. Like, I like the way you J.Ill is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life. Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.